G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Literally the wisest gridiron guys on the entire planet, the G'day Gridiron team, are one tip better than us chuckleheads who do fantasy. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, I was going to be nice, but then once Taylor said it, I was like, all right, I got to be like, no more Mr. Nice Guy out here. Aussie? We won't need Taylor for the rest of the season if this show goes well, mate. That's what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> I- I'm not sure what to make of it, Maddie. NFL? Do I hear? Hawkwatch needs to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear that? Oh, yes, I said it. Fantasy. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll let you off the hook, Maddie, except that we got to say Trevor's being a fraud this season. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Fuck it, you know, spirit of the game, man. Like, I'm an English cricket player. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's the show with the best brains in NFL fantasy converge. And, and not me. You know me. I'm Matty C. But these two, these two, I've got the finest analyst of fantasy football here in Australia with us, Taylor Goodall. Welcome back to the show, mate. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am glad hey. to be back, Matty C. Yeah, mate. Can't wait to get into another week of, uh, well, NFL in general, but obviously fantasy. It's really starting to get to the... Uh, Prickly end of the year, and uh, everyone's looking at trades and trade deadlines are obviously uh, coming up. So everyone's trying to yeah. fit their team for the rest of the year. And I've definitely been looking at all my leagues and trying to work out where I'm, you know, sort of thin and guys that I think have good schedules moving forward and things like that. So I can't wait to uh, chat shit with you guys again tonight. Well, it's good to have you back though, because you're noticeably away yesterday. But I just I've got one question: over under ninety nine point five trade offers across all your leagues in the last twenty four hours. Over under ninety nine thousand. Yeah, I figured it'd be a handsome over. Yeah, over ninety nine point five is paying ninety nine cents, mate. Even if even if you win, you lose money. That's fantastic. That's, that's about what I was expecting, to be honest. I wasn't sure how high to put that line. That's a shitty line. I need to talk to the doctor later on about how to set lines. Absolutely. Matty, have you gambling. got a head injury? <laughs> God, we haven't dragged that one out for a while. Matty, have you suffered a head injury? <laughs> uh, Sorry. I, I, it just, if you connect a doctor and then you say so something good. like that, it's got to happen. you got to say it. We have not used that line all season. I'm so glad you brought that back. Um, and speaking of bringing things back, man, just running it back after, man, you did a lot of the heavy lifting yesterday in the place of just, there was only two of us and it's a space that usually fits three. So we all had to sort of, you know, pick up the, pick up the load. But I think, man, you must be exhausted from yesterday doing the, the big share of it. You, you really brought the sauce, mate. I mean, there was like an elephant in the room, right? Without Taylor there. Well, it was a fucking big elephant, I must say. <laughs> Like, I mean, Taylor himself. There's is normally like an elephant size. in the room when I'm here. Yeah, he's all he's already like elephant <laughs> size. But man, there's a massive elephant in the room. You could really feel it. So we did pretty well, Maddie, to like fill yeah. that big elephant size space in there. Yeah, but I've actually kind of still got a bit of a sore butt from you just kicking my ass about the Jags yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually doing the podcast at a very desk. I'm standing up today. Uh, going to be one of those knobs who stands at the desk for, for their work today. Uh, but, of course, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we do this every week. We introduce Manjot as the voice of Australian gridiron. And, uh, mate, of course, the LTE gridiron season rolling on. It runs pretty concurrently uh, in most states with the NFL. So he's in preseason, well, postseason, no, mid-season form. We're um, we're about eight weeks into the gridiron season here in the ACT, uh, out of a twelve-week season. So it's uh, it's been rolling on. Yeah, it's been real good, real good. Now, fellas, we've got a big night on tonight because we've got the doctor coming in pretty soon. But I want to drag in the mailbag because I've got some pressing questions from folks. Uh, it's a pretty tough time of year. This is where decisions that potentially win your leagues or push you out of the running happen. Uh, have you guys got your, your best advice hats ready? 
Always, Matty. Always. Yes, sir. Yeah, I bet you you do because you had the day off yesterday. And you, you, yeah, you got oh, some rest and you needed it. But, mate, I bet you you've got a stiffy the size of nothing else for, for the mailbag today. I bet you you're pumped. Yeah. Yeah, I think I Penis just hit a space. Pumped. I think I just hit a space uh, skyscraper. <laughs> in fact, I think that was a reference in yesterday. At some point, we we're talking about your enthusiasm for something where I got to do the mention the guy's name. Oh, that's the sound of Taylor's cock hitting the underside of the desk. <laughs> oh, it was Amari Cooper, wasn't it? Was it Amari Cooper or Chris Gold or someone? I don't know. It was one of these guys yeah. we had a bit of love it's for. It's one of the water bats. Yeah, Amari Cooper, Cooper talk from one day ago has not aged well. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? Would you rather have a small slice of a lovely cake? Who has the mail? Or would you rather a huge piece of a dog shit cake? Thanks to your questions at Pastry Press NFL. And Aussie NFL Fantasy. I guess this is kind of a shit cake, but it can be a decent cake too. Mailbags in. Uh, the first one comes in from at Wentzylvania, which that's, a, that's an old reference. <laughs> Wentz? Anyone remember Wentz? Oh, yeah. He's back, baby. He's back <laughs> with the Rams, isn't it? Yeah, the Rams. Okay, I thought he so just, um, it was with Fallout Boy. That's that's the Wentz that I thought was, you know, current these days. Yeah. <laughs> Fallout Boy still a thing? I sound like my dad. Anyway. Prince Harry. <laughs> Pete Wentz, baby. <laughs> Pete Wentz. I thought, he was with, um, I thought he was with Megan at this point. He retired to spend time with Megan Markle at this point. Mate, oh, I don't know. Who's Megan Markle? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm joking. None of that. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to try and help Pennsylvania here. Uh, the question comes in, Devante Adams or Puka? Is this where we're up to? <laughs> oh. Oh my I can't God. tell if he loves Puka or hates Devante or what. That is, that is closer... We had a question about Devonte Adams last week. Uh, was it Thielen? Yeah, it was with yeah, Thielen. Yeah, that was I go with Thielen, and yeah. I was, I was pretty solid, and I think me and Joe was on the Devonte Adams side, and you were actually the sort of person of, you know, wanted to say the devil's advocate side and just talked okay. about uh, Thielen's targets and things like that, and it seems a bit more solid, uh, solidified. And, and, and honestly, I, I completely understand that. Like, things just aren't 100% for Devonte Adams. And the problem for me with Adams is, look, I do believe he gets back on track. But for me, back on track for Adams moving forward with a rookie quarterback doesn't really involve him having enormous ceiling games. And that that was what I think everyone was hoping for that's been holding Devontae Adams this whole time was, yeah, he's putting out fives and sixes and sevens and things for six weeks in a row, but he's going to blow up soon. He's going to have this 35-point game. But I don't know if that exists. I I can see him getting more back into the 11 to 15 point range and things like that. But yeah, I just don't think the ceiling's there because I just don't think the Raiders are going to pass in a huge amount of their points. They're going to go through Josh Jacobs a lot uh, moving forward. And I think they're going to try and make their defense, obviously try and keep them in games and lower scoring games. And I just don't think Aiden O'Connell's going to make Devontae Adams great. So honestly... I, I would have no issue with anyone going Puka because wow. I've been on the train of that saying, I, I don't, people who are getting worried about Puka just because Cup's coming back, I, I think it's wrong. I, I honestly think he's going to play that Robert Woods style, but I honestly think he could be better at it. Like, I think he's a younger, probably at this point, starting to look more talented. That, that's not to try and have a wow, good okay. trees. Like, he was, a, he was great in that role. Yeah. If it's Stafford, which it looks like it's going to be, I would have no issue going with Puka because, honestly, I think he can facilitate both Cup and Puka. Um, you actually saw Puka in that last game they played actually went off. Um, yeah. like he had a great game. Like, with last time Stafford played, I know, anyway. Uh, he, he looked absolutely great. So, look, I've got no issue with you going that direction. Uh, but to put it this way, I wouldn't be going out of my way to, like, say, trade Adams for Puka. Uh, I don't know if this was a, I've got both. I'm trying to work out who to start or whether, whether mm. this was an actual trade offer. I probably wouldn't trade – like, I wouldn't do the trade on either side. I don't think I would probably just stick to who I have. Uh, but Yeah, because they're kind of the same, I guess. Honestly, I've got no issue of someone, you know, deciding to play Puka. You could definitely have both, right? Was, just oh, – I'll just say from my end, I actually mm. traded Devontae Adams. I just had enough eventually in uh, Astro League – moving forward just because of what I just said. I just yeah. don't think the ceiling's there for Adams anymore. And I had an opportunity to move up to Tyreek Hill and uh, mm. 
Uh, I basically got rid of the two most uh, devastatingly hurting my team this year, guys. And that yeah. was Devontae Adams and Tony Pollard. So, look, if they all of a sudden go off now, then so be it. But I thought the chance to get Tyreek Hill was uh, was something I needed to do. So, uh, yeah, I know that was a long-winded answer. It's probably because I had last night off and I needed to talk a lot of shit. But uh, in the end, I, I have no issue with someone playing Puka over him. Um, I think it's actually quite close. Uh, but like I said, I wouldn't be going out of my way to trade one of them for the other. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Manjot, you got an opinion on this one? Because you've been a Devante Adams fan in the past. Yeah, I mean, Adams is one of my favorite receivers out there. And honestly, yeah, it's a tough one, but I think the targets are still there for Adams. I mean, yeah. especially That's 13 with, last week. Yeah, 13 targets. He only caught six of them, but yeah. still, that's something that is. There were eight O'Connell targets. That's the problem. And, and against Source and, and that defense, but they were finding ways to scheme him open. I mean, now without McDaniels, they're starting to work out, hey, you know, we we can't restrict this guy anymore. I think there's still something there for Adams and there's still something there for owners that I, I still trust him over Puka. I mean, I get what Taylor's saying, but I think for me, it's kind of name value and also kind of like I just think I believe in Devontae a bit more as well. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a tough one, but I'm going to lean towards Adams because I've okay. seen him do it. Whereas with Puka, it's kind of a bit still the unknown, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that take of just, okay, so we've got this one guy who's just been doing it for a decade and then there's this upstart who's been doing it for a little while and has been looking great, but now his target's starting to dry up. So I, I definitely get that angle of it. But I, I can also see one's like seventh of wide receiver and the other's like 14th. And it's not the way you might expect it. So it's yeah. kind of get it. And I've got to imagine, there's no context here, but I can imagine this is a guy owns both. He's just trying to work out who to start. I get it. Like it's it's that sort of time of the year now mm-hmm. too, where a decision like that could be the difference between winning and losing a matchup. They'll put you in or out of the playoffs. Like I get it. I totally get it. Uh, I've got one more here from at Dumped Funk 11. Uh, Manjot, I'm going to throw it your way, being the NFC West Ooh. guy. Uh, ca- can I trust Kyler the rest of the way now? I think he's pretty he's pretty trustworthy, I think. I've seen seen a lot from him. The only thing that really I'm worried about with Kyler is well, his situation first off. I mean, what if, what if they suddenly decide to, like, bench him because he's doing too well and he's fucking up the tank for Arizona. So I think that's one consideration. I mean, the guy is on 18.26 points a lot in his first game. I mean, that's pretty good. He beat his projection by about three on Sleepout. So for me, I, I think that's very good signs. I I personally say you can trust Kyler. He still has some very friendly matchups, and with his legs, he can do a lot of damage as well. And I think definitely he can open up this offense a bit more as well. Something that gives me a little bit of optimism compared to last week. I wrote off um I wrote off everyone on that offense. I think this week I'm a bit more optimistic now that I've seen something out of Kyle. So I'm more optimistic about him as well. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Tay, you've got an opinion on this one? Kyla, is he all right? I'm all in, mate. I brought, I brought this up last week when uh, we had a question about uh, whether there's a lot of fantasy assets on the Cardinals moving forward that you mm. like. I brought up like four. I actually, yeah. I actually think this offense is going to be really good in the second half of the year. And I, I watched Kyler. Like, he was one of the guys I really wanted to watch last week because I had some leagues where I stashed him. And I just wanted to see what he looked like because so I reckon there's a real eye test thing with especially quarterbacks or just anyone in sport that's playing a role where they've got to sort of move laterally. And he looked great. Like, it, I, I wanted to see how often he ran uh, yeah. because I did wonder if all of a sudden for the second half of the year he was just going to be a bit of a pocket passer. And uh, I'm not saying he's a bad passer, but it's not really his, like, big part of his fantasy game or fantasy, like, why he's a fantasy asset is, like, him being a pocket passer. It's it's him getting out and, and you know, making those big plays of his legs. And he actually looked fantastic as for a yeah. guy that's just come off um, surgery. And, and I did say that because it seemed to me like he was on the – 
end of the timeline in terms of guys coming back. He definitely didn't rush it. Like they took as much time as they possibly could to bring him back. I don't actually mm. think they're going to bench him or do anything like that. I think that honestly, I think that ship sailed. Like I think that if they wanted to do that, it's cost them a lot of money by actually activating him already. So I don't I don't understand why all of a sudden they would change their mind again. I think they're fine with winning some games. I, I just think they've decided that if Ky- Kyler comes out here and plays well, he's just going to be their guy. And if they're picking from, you know, somewhere between four and six, and, you know, they've obviously got the Texans pick, which all of a sudden doesn't look as good as they probably thought it was going to be. Uh, I, I just think they're fine with that. I, I've, I've got no... I honestly have no worry that they're all of a sudden going to bench him. My only worry would be all of a sudden he got injured again. So yeah. I, I think it's wheels up for this Cardinals offense. And one thing you can never, ever discount is how shit their defense is. <laughs> their defense is terrible, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be in shootouts the whole rest of the year, um, especially coming up against the Texans this week. So I, I think I think Trey McBride's an awesome tight end uh, um, for fantasy moving forward. Oh, interesting. Um, he was amazing last, last two weeks, and I think he just looks great with Kyler. Already, uh, like Manjot said, Hollywood's you know, I think he's going to get better and better with Kyler there. Um, James Connor, I think, is just going to get more goal line work that's been there for the rest of this year with you know, Clayton Toon and and Josh Dobbs. So, look, I'm not going to have a go at Josh Dobbs, but the offense really wasn't going that well with him earlier in the year. So, yeah, I actually think it's wheels up for this Cardinals offense and especially Kyler. Oof, okay, so glowing testimony yeah. there, dumb funk. I love it. Yeah, just something on. Trey McBride, he made yeah. history. He was the first t- Cardinals tight end to have 100 yards in a game since 1989. I've been tracking <laughs> that stat for a couple of years, actually, since McBride got uh, came out of uh, college. I've actually been seeing that. I was, like, tracking that stat. I'm like, McBride's going to be the guy that's going to break that once he got drafted. And look at that now. He's He's actually done it. Which I was, I was actually being like, I just did a quick sh- search there. I was like, oh, he got 100 yards on the weekend. Surely that was like the time, like he actually broke it. And sure enough, it was. So, a bit of NFL history for you guys there. That's wild. And, you know, I thought the best rookie tight end that uh, the Cardinals had ever had was Jermaine Gresham. <laughs> it's like, that's how good it gets for them. That's the best rookie tight end you're ever going to have. Um, and Bride. Uh, certainly looked the part last year and just, you know, I, I guess when you're playing on a team that's doing what the Cardinals were doing last year, you expect limited upside. But, um, yeah, here he is looking great. And, and I mean, I think this is a thing. That's an offense now that sounds like as Tay says too. It's trending up. Uh, probably a good time if you could have gotten on to some of these players um, to have made that move, but it might not be too late. I know I've certainly been putting some Hollywood feelers out around in leagues because you just never know what you might be able to get him for. Um, but that said, he's been a top 20-ish wide receiver on the year too. So I think people know his value a little bit, but I mean, there's an opportunity to, to scoop him up and part with something like a Pickens or something like that. Then um, yeah, I'd a hundred percent, I'd a hundred percent be trying to do that. All right. That's the mailbag for the week. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite times of the week. I love that when we get the doctor in and he did some really cool stuff last week. So I'm really looking forward to hearing him break down what he did and whether he's got something new for this week as well. Cause that, that whole five quarterback thing was fantastic. Uh, Manjot, you're hanging around? Yes, sir, I am. Yeah. Uh, we expect that the doctor actually visited Taylor yesterday to make sure that Taylor was okay to perform today. So I imagine you two have actually been in the same room at the same time. And now the – I didn't see it, but now that I know it probably happened, the allure is kind of faded. Yeah, of course. See, like, as I said, 100% not even close to the same person. Yeah. Uh, he, came, he came and checked and, um, you know, gave me some penis pills and I was ready to go. Uh <laughs> I was going to hang around, but there's this UFO-looking thing just outside. I'm just going to go have a look. I'm sure it's not going to yeah. do anything weird to me, uh, but I'll just Fair go enough. have a look. I'm sure I'll be back in a minute. If I'm not, it means I'll probably be anally probed. Probably. And, I mean, we're going to get <laughs> anally probed here because the doctor's going to tell us how awesome he is. So, it's it's just probes it's, all around, mate. So, assume I'm going to be back in about a minute, uh, but if not, it'd be about, <laughs> I don't know, 45 to 50 minutes, however long an episode is. That's a pretty standard anal probe time. <laughs> I reckon you're probably right. That's How all it takes. Know? The doctor always needs you to take your pants off when you get into his office, no matter what you're seeing him for as well. You're like, mate, I've actually got an eye problem. He's like, no, nah, pants off. <laughs> so he's a uh, one of a kind. Unfortunately, the aliens aren't going to like what they find in there. <laughs> in today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. 
Who has time to do all the analysis and decision-making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Goodcall. I'm still recovering from what just happened before the drop. Oh my gosh, I'm wiping tears out of my eyes. Doctor, welcome. Welcome back, mate. You've uh, you've been around the world and found quarterbacks galore. You've almost swept the entire board this week. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, pretty good, Matty C. Uh, went and saw Taylor yesterday. Uh, he had fades, licking rhinos. I don't know what was wrong with that guy. But uh, look, I had, to, I had to get away from him in that weird place in Fig Tree that has, you know, all that weird shit happening. But uh, I'm glad to be out of there now. Uh, glad to be talking up what's coming up this week. Uh, talk about last week because I actually thought I had a pretty good week. I obviously did that little uh, – change in the format and decided to take on five streaming quarterbacks and decided to put a line for all of them. And I believe I got uh, all but one. Uh, yeah. So obviously we'll, we'll, we can go through that and look at the results of that anyway. But uh, and I believe my fantasy pay went well as well. But um, yeah, I'm happy to look into it and can't wait to uh, preview this upcoming week. Had a pretty good week. Uh, and Manjot and I have been playing that game of you set the line, right? And then mm. we kind of go after whether we think we should take the line on the over or the under. And going into the week, Manjot's got a two-point lead on me. He's been leading this thing hey. 20, 20 correct picks to my 18. Uh, Thank God I started that thing, by the yeah. way. Finally, I'm winning something. He's winning something. Taylor's not, <laughs> Taylor's not involved because he's always disappearing. So, thank yeah. God yeah. Taylor's not funny, involved. Though. Really yeah. funny. I don't, I don't mind that Taylor's not involved in this segment. That guy, he's fucking everywhere. So <laughs> he wins everything. So yeah, man, this kind of gives Manjot and I a chance of some description. Mate, do you want to run through how you did this and who you took and, and what happened in last week's good medicine segment? Yeah, so sometimes I like to just take a bit of a broader look and go, you know, what are fantasy players out there actually looking for? And because there were so many buys, I thought it was an opportunity for me to take a look at, say, you know, what are the main positions being quarterback. And just saw that there was a lot of streaming options last week. And I thought, well, here's an opportunity instead of just going, you know, position by position like I normally do. What if I picked out, you know, four or five whatever guys that I and I said they basically were all good options for people to pick up? I thought what that would actually help a lot of fantasy players out there that are, you know, lost to Hertz or lost to two or lost to Mahomes. And and I just thought there was an opportunity there that people should have felt good about streaming players last week because it was actually a good week for it. Yeah. And I, I think honestly the segment worked because it showed that there was a lot of great options last week. Mate, weren't there? Um when you went through and said you had five of them, I'm like, Yeah, all right, mate, whatever. And then once you sort of started listing him, I'm like, Well, yeah, I looked at him for starts of the week. Yeah, look at him for starts of the week. And yeah, by the sort of time you got to the bottom of it, I'm like, well, okay, maybe there are five. And then when Manjot and I started taking lines as well uh, of whether we'd go over or under, Manjot went over on all of them. And I just thought it was a bit yeah. mad. But I don't know. It, like, as your week went, maybe it wasn't the dumbest thing. No, nah, not at all. It was, uh, like I said, there was there was one pretty big miss, which, to be honest, I kind of almost didn't mind. Like, it was one of those things where it always frustrates me, a quarterback, when I feel like I actually hit uh, on what I'm talking about with the analysis, but the, the player gets, like, two early touchdowns and then just basically coasts the rest of the way and somehow ends up on, like, 14.5 points, and I missed just, but I feel like I actually got it right, whereas yeah. at least the one that missed, um, well, I might as well just say it's Will Levis. I think we're going to talk about him first because he was first on the list, but uh, he missed by a mile, and it was just that was just the way the game went. I think there was actually a lot more pressure on him than I probably expected. I will admit yeah. uh, there was some stats getting flown, uh, flown around, but, you know, after we'd sort of recorded about how high a percentage the Bucks uh, blitz the quarterback. And that did actually concern me straight away because my whole thing was that uh, I wanted to see him against the defense that didn't pressure him as much as, say, the Steelers did. And even though this, the, the Bucks didn't exactly have someone, you know, like a TJ Watt as a team, they seemed to be able to get to the quarterback. So that did actually worry me. And it kind of did, you know, sh- show itself because Will Levis just couldn't get anything done. But outside of that, I was really, really happy with all four, the other four quarterbacks that I picked. Yeah, it definitely sort of seemed to be a bit more of a, hey, this is kind of what the NFL is like now. Well, you know, after that cracking start 
in his first game against the Falcons and then um, having a bit of a, a slower one last week. But this was kind of like, the, oh, this is what an NFL defense looks like, mate. So I think he'll be better for the experience of it. But uh, as you say, like, I'm the same. If I'm going to miss something, I kind of don't mind missing big because uh, yep. it's frustrating when you get so much of what you're talking about right and then just the arbitrary number doesn't come up. And you go, well, fuck, that doesn't make me less right. <laughs> no, it's, it's like I always talk about with my fantasy fade as well. Like the, the amount of times that I'm, you know, I've got a guy that's sitting on three points the entire way and then all of a sudden Jags buddy touchdown in the last second to, uh, yeah, to uh, make it like look like a 60-yard rushing touchdown on the worst broken play in history. He scores like 13 points from him. You go, well, fuck it. And you tip yeah, the table, just, right? And then that's all they do, <laughs> but you still look like you lose. They're, they're, that's the tough ones to sort of take. Whereas, when you just pick someone and then they just absolutely dominate, at least you can just chalk it down to just a bad call yep. or like, you know, yeah, it was just, it was completely wrong and you just move on. It, it just sort of, I kind of would rather that in a way, but um, look, in the end, that's why Will, Will Levis clearly just ended up being wrong. But when you're taking five guys that are all streamers to get four out of five, it was uh, something I was quite proud of. Pretty amazing. And speaks a lot to the depth of quarterback. Um, were you in a position where you need to start many of these guys in leagues last week, Banjo? Uh, maybe an Astro. Like, we had some discussions, but yeah. We ended up going with Minshew last week, which was not better <laughs> than any of these guys. In fact, it might have only just been better than Levis, but it was not good. Yeah. Levis only scored six. Minshew scored like eight or something. So Fuck, did he? Did feel like it? Yeah, what was funny was awesome. Minchu was on my list initially. I actually had six, and I had, I took him off probably like an hour before we recorded. Uh, I just got worried about the, what was on the other side because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like yeah. sometimes Minchu just plays to how what's in front of him, and I got worried that the Pats weren't going to score anything themselves, and that's what got me worried about Minchu. And then obviously it ended up being 100% correct because mm. the game was just an absolute turd bowl. Yeah, it was disgusting, wasn't it? Ten six, what a yeah, game. Poor Germans, man. Got subjected yeah. to that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they yeah, must like, love NFL. Yeah, hundred percent, right? Yeah. They'll be queuing up. Uh so Levis uh fails pretty hard and me and John and I both take overs on that because we could see a world where that was going to come off and um, and neither of us get that either. So all three of us kind of on a unity ticket there. But you took Baker in the same game. He did not have nearly as much trouble. No, not at all. Uh, just just for anyone listening to, yeah, so I set a line of 15 and a half for all these guys. So if you're wondering like what we're basing, what was right and what was wrong on, that was the set line I had for all five quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, Baker going out and getting 19.32. Uh, he just looked comfortable. And honestly, that was in a game script where he didn't even have to do much. Like if the Titans had actually kept up, he would have probably scored more. So, yeah, he, he just looked, com- he looked comfortable. Obviously, he had some big plays to Mike Evans, which is pretty much all he's done all year. It's either he has big plays to Mike Evans or he does nothing. It just seems yep. to be nothing in between for uh, Baker and Mike Evans at the moment. So, yeah, look, it was just that ended up being a pretty good call. Uh I've always said that the Titans are definitely not a defense that scares me, especially in the passing game when I'm looking at uh, fantasy players playing against them. So, yeah, it just it ended up being a very, very good call. Yeah. And then the other matchup where you had quarterbacks on both sides, uh, which I, I love that you did this. Uh, and we've done a few same-game multis over time with Taylor Talk, and it's something that you've done, Doctor, in last year's run as well, was that you then have quarterbacks from – both the Seahawks and the Commanders game, which turned out to be this weird points fest. It didn't look like it was going to be. And then it was this weird no. points fest and, and the quarterbacks performed admirably. <laughs> it really changed. It was, it was a bit of a slugfest early. There was rain about, which obviously doesn't so exactly uh, tend to lend itself to a huge um, fantasy or just point scoring in general. But that kind of subsided. Uh, sometimes like, they get used to the rain a little bit. Like as long as it's not ridiculously windy, the rain doesn't normally drop the points massively. And I think they just kind of got used to it. But yeah, the game got going. And like you said, I like sort of taking two quarterbacks in one game because I'm sort of taking a shot on a bit of a points first. And if you've got both quarterbacks, they're basically going to be going at each other. So that's basically what happened in the second half. And, you know, I took Sam Howell. Sam Howell, I think I saw a study. He's like quarterback four or something on the season. Like yeah, three. He's actually been three. There you go. He's been amazing. And I also brought up, again, for fantasy people out there, a quarterback with a terrible defense is just absolute fantasy gold. And they <laughs> they basically punted all their best fantasy, uh, sorry, defensive players yeah. at the trade deadline. And I just think they're – 
they're happy to just roll with this offense and just hope they can win games uh, outscoring other teams. So, yeah, I just thought that was a good opportunity. And then, obviously, on the flip side, taking Geno, uh, for, for the Seahawks, I thought it was a big get-right spot for Geno. He'd had a ridiculously tough game in Baltimore the week before. Uh, but he's just got so many weapons. And I will say, watching the game, I was a bit worried. Like, I'm obvious, I'm seeing, you know, a huge drop-off from last year. Like, he doesn't have, you know, he's not as efficient. Like, he no. obviously, he needs a ridiculously good game script like that to have a good fantasy game. So if I was an owner, I wouldn't be assuming that's just going to happen moving forward constantly. You're kind of going to need good moments like this. He's clearly sort of dropping off from what we saw last year. Yeah. Sort of, I still think he's better than what we thought he was going to be before last year. So you're at least getting some decent games out of him. But you're going to have to pick your moments, pick your matchups with him. He really is that streamer, I believe, moving forward. And you just got to pick the right matchups. And this was one of them. Yeah, I mean, both these quarterbacks end up with 24 points. Partway through the afternoon, Taylor says, I just think I'm out on Gino. And <laughs> three seconds later, there's like a 60-yard pass to Kenneth Walker who just runs it in. And it's like, ah, wow, classic commentator's curse there. Manchel yeah, knows all about Walker it. Walker did everything. Walker carried him. Yeah, yards and Gino gets all the points for it. It's so delicious. And it just so no, happened it- to be in that minute, that same minute. It was amazing. Yeah, knowing yeah. Taylor would have been a purposeful call to try and uh, turn Gino's fortunes around. Already. Yeah, it was. Like, yeah, and Gino heard all the way over in uh, in Seattle. He heard. Yeah, that's sort of the pass quiet, play. and you could hear him saying, "I'm out on Gino, Gino, Gino." Yeah, that sort of pass boys like that's what people. That's what all the haters say. Brock Purdy does, but Brock Purdy doesn't like throw screens like that all the time. It's not him getting carried yards up the catch. I mean, yeah, Matty C <laughs> saw that like firsthand, the Brock Purdy thing. Yeah, Matty C, are you sitting on one of those donuts that like when people have like ass surgery, they've got to sit on after? Because I feel like you probably <laughs> just got uh, destroyed by uh, Manjot last week with the old Jags and uh, Niners situation. Yeah, there was no lube on that either. It was a rough entry. Um, no, I'm at a very desk. I'm on one of those stand-up desks today being a Punty, you know, stand-up worker guy looking like in the power stands, but it's really because I can't sit down. I actually cannot sit down. <laughs> I'll be coming in to yeah. check out with you, Doctor, to see if I can get anything for it because uh, <laughs> every time I come to see you, you tell me to take my pants off straight away. So I <laughs> don't think penis pills will help this time, no, mate. So maybe keep that off the prescription. I've got plenty. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I think you needed uh, Olivia Benson from the SVU, SVU unit on speed dial because I think you were entered without your consent. Yeah, uh, mate. Anyway. Oh, oh, damn. Whoa. Good chat. Okay, okay. Yo. <laughs> I like how Manjo's just not used to that level of attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is what nah, I, 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 I always avoid going that far because then the cancellation start, man. <laughs> so, oh, God, <laughs> We're still here. Somehow, somehow. Wow, yeah, so it hasn't been a good week for me, mate. Has not been a good week for me. And it wasn't a good week for me here either because I took the the no on Gino and I can remember you being so upset about it and then it was just kind of funny that Taylor was in my corner until he spoke and he spoke a long passing touchdown into being for Gino and it completely ruined ruined that. But the fifth quarterback in this was the Goffense, mate, Jared Goff. Mm. Never in doubt, right? They had 28 points at halftime, right? He had heaps oh, of no. points, right? It was it was amazing. <laughs> it was I was watching this game, just look at the points just go up and up and up and 28 points at halftime. And I, I, I know, I think it was Taylor made a joke. It was, you know, <laughs> I, 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 look, 28 points at halftime. I can't wait to see what Jared Goff's on. It always reminds me of that meme of the kid coming out of the coma. Like, <laughs> how many uh, lines yeah. have? 28 and a half time. Wow, I can't wait to see what the Jared Goff had. He had absolutely nothing. Like, it was everything. Yeah, like six points. Gibbs and, and Montgomery. Like, everything was their running game. It was absurd. I think he had about 110 or 120 yards, which, you know, was fine. But it, yeah. it just didn't get any of the touchdowns. He had one big play to a, a Monroe, and that was about it. But then all of a sudden, at least a turn for him. And what helped him, and this is what you need sometimes in fantasy, especially when you take a quarterback, uh, you need the other team to score too. And yeah. that's really what happened. It became a shootout. And the fact that they had to keep pressing, you know, putting the uh, foot on the accelerator because they had Herbert uh, scoring points on the other side, it was just fantasy gold. And then 
Yeah. It just sort of yeah. turned. It, it, all of a sudden, you know, the luck sort of went get Jared Goff's way. Uh, he ended up throwing a couple of touchdowns in the second half. The the yards just kept piling up for him in the second half too. So, yeah, it ended up being a pretty good game for him, obviously clearing that 15.5 pretty easily with a 21.12. Yeah, easily. Uh, very funny, though, considering he had like five at halftime. Oh, and <laughs> out of the 28 points. But, uh, <laughs> fuck, just... Brilliant. I was watching that too, just thinking. And, and I mean, that second half, Manjot was um, full of comments about just the, the thrill of how it just neither defense could stop anything and both offenses were having their way in the second half. And it was just a fantastic watch as a football fan. Yeah. Um, Game of the week for me. Exactly, yeah. right? Because how much fun is that to watch, especially as commentators? We, we love that. Yeah. Right? And as a Herbert owner too and Shotgun, well, I've invested money in that league. Yeah. Man, I, I, need, I need Herbert there, man. He, I was just like a few points off this week from getting the the seventy dollars. Oh, I got the seventy bucks. Prize. Yeah, man. I, that that's what I complain about the most during our game days. It's just that league. Just yeah, it's just shotgun like, guys, hundred percent. Yeah, I need those six dudes to like just go off like every week. Whoever the six are in my lineup, and I'm just like, yeah. As long as that happens, then yeah, I'm like gonna be richer, man. <laughs> Sadly. While you went and got three out of the, the five this week, man, Josh, sorry, yeah, four out of the five this week. I got three out of the five. You've increased your lead on me in the yeah. good call line stakes, and you're at the 24-21. So, sadly for me, happy for you, though. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but good calls don't stop there. You then also have your fantasy fades, and you targeted a running back on the road against a tough defense. How'd you go? And look, it, it's funny, and it proves how you got to stay water in fantasy because this is the guy that I was probably talking up for the weeks leading into this week. And, and it was more that I thought uh, Kareem Hunt wasn't being started by enough fantasy players because, you know, his, his start percentage seemed to go from 30 to 35 to 40 odd. And I just couldn't understand it at the time. But then I looked at it and I got a bit worried about what I saw out of Jerome Ford uh, the week before because I would have thought that they. Kareem Hunt had sort of done enough to sort of take the biggest share of that running back role. But the fact that Jerome Ford got more touches than him the week earlier than this, when yeah. you would think that he was only he wasn't even 100% healthy, uh, it, it worried me. It made me think that they really see something in Jerome Ford and, and obviously being the younger back. I think they just thought that they – like I started to worry that they were just going to revert back to him. And that's exactly what happened in this game. I – you know, the only reason, you know, Cream Hunt even got anywhere near 10 points is because he got a touchdown uh, in the second half. So, I think it was 9.8 points he got with the touchdown. So with just, the touchdown, sort of, yeah. And, and it wasn't just the stats for him. I wanted to see if my call about Jerome Ford sort of taking more over more of a bigger share of that role was true. And it 100% was. Like, he just had a way bigger share of that backfield. And honestly, moving forward, I think it's going to stay like that. So... Kareem Hunt's kind of moved into a, a a role where I'm probably looking to not start him. I'm not dropping him or anything like that unless it's like a real desperate need or you're in like a 10-team league of a small bench or something like that and you've got some guys elsewhere. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of putting him on my bench at the moment and just, just seeing what happens moving forward because I'm pretty worried and I think Jerome Ford is the guy for the Browns moving forward. You know what I think Kareem Hunt is now? This is where I think he's valuable. If I've got a 2v2 trade I'm trying to pull off and I just need someone to sprinkle on the top just to tip it over, take Kareem Hunt off me. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Absolutely. That gets my trade done where I get the piece that I want from this other guy. That's that. That's all he is. Is this, That guy might be just desperate for mm-hmm. one extra warm body. And if I, I'm already kind of out on him, then... Yeah, I don't mind seeing his back, especially if it's part of something that even if it means that the trades maybe a little value-wise, it looks like I'm putting more in. If I'm happy with what I'm getting out of it, I don't mind losing the the value proposition of the the trade. So that's that's what Kareem Hunt is to me. And by the way, could I have found a picture of Kareem Hunt to go on the Super this week where he could have looked like he'd eaten any more biscuits and cakes and <laughs> He looks like Eddie Lacey. He looks like Eddie Lacey. He does. That's like Eddie Lacey. Sheep. There's an Eddie Lacey Photoshop. He also wore number 27 too. He did. Come being on, the man. China food, man. Look at that. Wow. He's uh, looking stocky. Dang. <laughs> so Dang. 
<laughs> he's on that McDonald's meal like with James Harden out there. <laughs> we are, yeah, James pumping, Harden fat suit pumping down the uh, pumping down the super sizes. This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. It's it's what I've talked about, right, with the dog shit cake. Beforehand with Kirk Cousins, it was a perfectly sculpted, beautiful cream cake. And now it's like if you had a knife and there was a bit of dog shit on that knife and there's been a few knives cut into that cake, you've just got bits and pieces of dog shit in there. All right, Doctor, that is a great week. You have got five ticks out of six. That's a great week. After the week before, you got... Four ticks out of five. So, I don't know, your trajectory is pretty strong. It's been a, it's been a good three weeks, the last three. It's, uh, you know, there were some times there where I was getting a, it was getting a little bit frustrating because what I was missing by was still really, really close, especially in the quarterback position. Uh, and just some of the other positions, it felt like I was missing by two or so points in a lot of positions. So, I never felt like the analysis was, you know, going out the window. It just felt like I wasn't getting the, the luck. And the last yeah. three three weeks, I feel like there's been a lot, there's been many things that have actually gotten wrong. So, considering yeah. I'm looking at guys that are under 60% started, um, I'm pretty proud of that because I'm always looking to go in different directions and help people in different ways. 100%. Helping the people, mate. That's the way. Not just penis pills over here. Fantasy advice too. <laughs> but plenty of that too. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the population needs both. <laughs> Don't we all? Especially the part of the population I'm in, the over 40s, mate. So I'm glad you're looking after us. <laughs> and look, the you're talking about penis pills and that couldn't be a better segue. Uh, if you try. Uh, at quarterback, we're going big cock Brock, baby. That thing is Bear hey. John loves me for it. You know, I, I know I've got me and John's phone straight away. It doesn't matter what I set the line of yeah, fuck it. Uh, over, over, going over. Over. Fuck it. <laughs> set your line. Uh, I don't care. Even if it's a hundred, it's over. Look, I, I I just think moving forward, especially when he's got all his weapons, like it, it, when everyone's there, it just makes a massive difference. And that was a get right game for them. Uh, they came off a buy. They clearly figured some things out. They got everyone healthy. Uh, it, it just made a massive difference, and he, he just looks so comfortable when he's got everyone there. It just feels like the, it, you take away a couple of their guys, there's two other guys on the other side. and Yeah, it's, it just looks too easy for him. He comes up against Tampa this week, who are 28th against the quarterback position. Uh, he's only 34% started still, so this guy's clearly someone that people are, aren't looking at as a guaranteed starter for their fantasy team, and I'm saying you should fire him up for sure this week. I think he's going to have a great game. Like I said, Tampa doesn't scare me. I know, obviously, they, they had a good game against Will Levis, but I just think Brock Purdy's set up for way more success than Will Levis is with that Titans O-line. So, yeah, I just think he's going to be able to pick them apart. Even if they try and blitz him like they like to do, I just think, honestly, think that might help. I actually think if they blitz, I think he's going to be able to pick pick them apart with sort of short yeah. intermediate passes. You're dumping off to CMC. You're going to Buddy Debo. Yeah. There's honestly, it's really hard to defend this team because I just feel like you know you blitz all of a sudden they dump off you, you you hang back all of a sudden they're yakking on you. It's it's a really tough offense to stop when they're all there, and I think Brock Purdy's going to really really benefit from that this week. Man, Josh, what say you? I mean, he's real good against the blitz, hundred percent. I'm I just got to say it, like just watching him, he's just incredible. Brock Purdy, just watching him against. Against the Blitz. I mean, when he started out, like his first start against Tampa and even the game he came to fill in against Miami, they would just blitz him a lot and he'd still throw touchdowns left and right. So, look, the Blitz has never phased him, even in his first games. Like, he was still great against the Blitz. So, honestly, even if Tampa tries to blitz us, I still think Brock is the answers, especially with Trent Williams back as well. That is a big addition, I think, to the Niners. Not just Debo, but but Trent as well, because he's he's the only good O lineman there. I swear to God, like the whole O line just fell apart when he was not there. So honestly, I I think with Trent there, good good call here, Doctor. I love it, Doctor. Good call. That's why they call you that. Absolutely, name. Well, mate, what's the line? Because I'm taking the under. <laughs> Uh, someone, okay. someone's still salty. Someone's still salty. Uh, 4.5. Uh, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in this, but I want to go 17.5. Oh, oh easily I, taken. I, I, see, I see a world where you can get it over for sure. 
Yeah, and it's not eight. just because I, I haven't looked at this my fantasy. I don't know. I'm pretty confident. So, yeah, let's go 17.5. All right. All right, 17.5 it is. Matty C on the under. Manjot Melly on the over. Manjot with a three-point lead on me in this segment. So, uh, glad he's giving me one back there. Uh, the, the running back has been the most fascinating spot all year because, I don't know, to me, it just kind of seems like the hardest to pin down this year. After such a stunning week at quarterback and then a, a pretty brazen call here, what do you do with running backs after a week off? So, it sort of just goes off the back of the analysis I just talked about with Kareem Hunt uh, being a fade. I'm going to take the guy on the other side. I'm going to take Jerome Ford because he's still only being started by 53% of people. Uh, he's up against the Steelers, who are actually 21st against running back position. Now, I think people have this idea because of obviously they've got a good defense and you've got TJ Watt. And, you know, I think people think it's a tough defense to beat on the ground, but it actually isn't. You know, teams actually seem to be able to run the ball on them fine. And I just think Jerome Ford is actually retaking back this this backfield. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned as a fantasy fade last week of Kareem Hunt that he was yeah. getting less and less snaps and less and less opportunity. And, and I, I could see that happening again this week. I, I think Jerome Ford's only getting healthier from the injury he had. Uh, that was probably the only reason that Hunt was actually getting that role earlier. So, yeah, I just think this is a good opportunity for Jerome Ford. And they're obviously lost to Sean Watson, uh, and they're going with a rookie. I know he runs the ball. I understand that. But I do believe that with a rookie there, they're going to probably lean on the run even more than they ever do before. And I think this is going to be a pretty grind-out, low-scoring game. So I think Jerome Ford could actually be the guy they lean on and will need to uh, win this game for them. So, yeah, I actually think this is a good opportunity for Jerome Ford to have a good game. Yeah, sure thing. Hey, Manjot, where do you stand on this one? Because the Browns have sort of been a an offense we've had a lot to talk about lately. Yeah, I think they're going to lean on them more, especially with DTR there now. I think especially your rookie quarterback who isn't that great. No offense to him. I mean, he has flashes there, but he's not a great quarterback from what I've seen in regular season play. I know it's one game and against the Ravens where he got demolished, but... Still, you got to be very cautious when you have a rookie QB. So I think they're just going to have a heavy run script. And even then, like, I think, yeah, Ford will be the go-to guy. But I still think there's a little bit of a window there for Kareem Hunt to do some work as well. I don't even know the line yet. And I think there's probably a huge likelihood I'll just take the over. Yeah, I'll go 9.5. Yeah, and that doesn't change my mind. Yeah, 100%. I'd take the over. I think he's getting double digits for sure. Yeah, and that's before a touchdown. I mean, there is a great chance that maybe at the goal line, that's when they bring big old Eddie Lacey back in and (laughs) 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 send him over a refrigerator, Eddie. Um, But, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's one of these things where you just uh, fake hard on the action and send uh, Jerome Ford out in the flat and you get the DTR six-pointer as well. Woo, DTR! Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's starting him this week. He didn't make my starts list. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But uh, okay, so this is that great thing. You say you stay water, right? We were down on the part of the Cleveland running game last week. We're up on it this week. And that's what I love about this game is that uh, you just have to continually look at it. It's a week-by-week sport. Yep, absolutely. Now, this position was an interesting one for me. I've sort of gone back and forth. There's been a, a lot of options I've been looking at, a lot of guys that just – you know, because there's so many options at wide receiver, it sort of, you know, skews the numbers a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, just at lower sort of starting percentages than I probably feel like they should be. Agreed. Uh, I, I had a guy, I've sort of I've pivoted a couple of times. So I'm, it's not saying that I don't believe in, in the guys I've gotten written down. It's just that I all of a sudden look and go, man, I actually think I should be bringing this guy up or no, I should be bringing this guy up. So there's actually almost too many to... uh to decide, I'm actually going to go with one that it's it's more of a situational thing for him more so than his specific talent. I'm going to say Tyler Boyd uh, against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I thought about not going him is the Ravens aren't really in an awesome matchup. They're 10th against wide receiver. And if anything, yeah. that's probably the most exploitable part of their defense being 10th. Like their defense has been amazing this year. But the main reason I just wanted to sort of target him is because he seems to really have a situation where when one of the receivers in front of him's out, he just seems to really, really step up a level. He seems to step into that role. If, if T Higgins is out, he comes in. He, he, you know, he had a good game last week straight away when T was out. 
if it's Jamaria and it's just T Higgins and him, he seems to have a really, really good game. He, if he's the third option for Burrow, he doesn't really seem to be able to do much. But if one of those guys is out, he just seems to really, really play up a level. And mm. I do believe that the Ravens are going to be focusing a lot on Chase this week. And I think Burrow is too good of a quarterback, especially with the fact that he's healthy now, to just yeah. let the Ravens just like destroy him or take over him. I I think Boyd's going to be really, really needed in this game. I, I really do. And I actually think the Bengals are going to be able to score some points. You just saw the Browns score 33 on them. I know they had a defensive yeah. touchdown, but I don't know. I, I, I know the Ravens over an entire season aren't exactly a defense you want to target. But I actually think Boyd, the fact that he's the wide receiver too for sure this week, I, I really like he's 51%, so he's not ridiculously low. Like People obviously are realizing it. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity for here to ha- him to have a really good game again here because I think he's going to volume his way there. I mean, man, Joe, we've seen this before. Before there was any Jamar Chases and before there was any T Higginses at the Bengals, when it was AJ Green and him, he had a role and yeah. he was fine. You know, like So we've seen Boyd has just kind of been this guy his whole life. Yeah, his whole career, he's just been up there, stepping up for the Bengals, getting game-winning touchdowns, getting touchdowns left and right. I honestly like this call by the doctor. I think think it's good to highlight Tyler Point, uh, sorry, Tyler Boyd uh, quite a few times this year as someone who could get you some decent fantasy points for a week-to-week basis as a waiver-wide pickup. I think, yeah, I think this is a really good call here by Dr. Goodcall. Yeah, I guess for him, I still think he's going to get some volume. I'm going to go. I'm sort of toying between two numbers. Uh, let's go. We'll go nine point five. Yeah, I was sort of hoping it was in that ten range because I think I'm happy with backing him to score ten or more. One hundred percent. I think in, I when guess- he's in this role, I kind of start looking at him going, "You're fifteen points." I just look at him and think, "You're fifteen points." Yeah, I was thinking it was eight or nine I was looking at, and I just thought, you know, I'm taking him as a guy that I want people to start uh, in this segment. So I thought, you know what, nine point five, why not? And I'm like I'm saying, I'm not thinking this is some enormous ceiling play. Like, you know, like I said, the Ravens aren't some exploitable matchup. So I'm not yeah. looking at this like all of a sudden he's going to have three touchdowns or something. But I, I do think he can volume his way there in a full PPR to a very good game. Man, John, I've got the over in. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to take the over here as well. Unfortunately for quite a few of our listeners as well, because he's playing on a Thursday, they might not be able to hear all of this great analysis from Dr. Goodcall in, in this time. So j- just wanted to highlight that. But you guys can you guys can keep us accountable. If, if for, You can keep the doctor accountable for this, and, as well as us, for mm-hmm. taking the over. Well when looking at this in hindsight. So just want to put that as a viewer note right there. That's well. Australian time. This game's not kicking off for another 14 hours our time. So, yeah, it's, uh, we're well ahead of it. Mate, we've got two overs on running back and two overs on wide receiver. Polarize me. Hit me with a tight end. Now, this is going to be a name you've probably heard a lot about lately, but the matchup and just what he is producing at the tight end position at the moment is amazing. And it's Trey McBride. Uh, he's still only 51% started, uh, and he's up against the Texans, who are second last against the tight end position. Uh, look, obviously, Zach Ertz going down and going to IR has just helped this guy. It's given him, you know, the opportunity to just take all the tight end snaps. And, you know, he came into the league, I believe he was a second-round pick. He he, he he looked great in college, and they obviously took a high shot on him and, and thought he was going to be great at this position. It's kind of been Zach Hurts that sort of held him back a little bit in his rookie year. And now he's got this opportunity, and now it's paired up with yeah. Kyler Murray coming yeah, back. Yeah, finally. offense starting to look good. Uh, I thought it looked great last week, and straight away going in for eight for 131. Uh, sometimes that happens at the time, I mean, when I say sometimes that happens at the tight end, it really doesn't. But sometimes you see a bit of a breakout for 60 or 70-odd yards. And and you kind of look at it and go, yeah, I don't think it's going to keep happening because, you know, it was just a bit of a fluke or something like that. But the fact that you saw this breakout coupling with the fact that Kyler Murray come back, I, I just think it's prescriptive. Like, I think this is going to keep happening. I honestly think he's a very, very talented uh, receiver, and, and you're going to see this continue. So I, I'm all in on Trey McBride this week, and honestly, probably for the next few weeks. You're going to be his McHusband, Manjot? Oh, I, I'm interested by this, but <laughs> honestly, looking at it, yeah, it's, it's recent run of form. 
And I, I know I, I sometimes sound real stupid, all right, guys. I know he's playing as the second last defense in the league, but he's had a run where he's gone 10.2, then 5.9, then 25.5, then 5.2, and now last week he had 21.10. So that means he's going to land between five and six points based on his recent form, right? There is, I know that sounds absolutely stupid, but you know, some sometimes players get in a scoring pattern and they can't get out of it. So I'd be interested a bit in Trey. I think he's an interesting option. Honestly, yeah, it, it's, a, I, I think with the matchup and everything, I definitely agree on that part. But he's also been very inconsistent, which is why I've been highlighting there. So, yeah, tight end. He's just a tight end. That's all I got to say. Like, tight end is very inconsistent. <laughs> but I do like the doctor's analysis. It's just, yeah, not entirely sure about this one. Yeah, I think Manjot wants to know where the line is on this one before he plays his yeah. cards. It was a weird way, like two weeks ago, right? If you just looked at his box score, it doesn't look great. But if you actually look at the percentage of the yards he got from Clayton Toon, I think he had like 70-odd yards, but he was actually the main like reception getter and had the highest yards. So like I know that, that that doesn't sound great and doesn't help your fantasy team in that position, but it also looks to me like, hey, this guy in that receiving crew Actually, even didn't matter what quarterback was there, he was getting a huge percentage of what was there. So I yeah. almost don't. If you look back at that, you're all. You, if you don't look further into why he has a box score of that, then you're just going to say, "Oh, he's inconsistent." Oh, you know, he's he's not getting a lot. He's, he's back and forward. But I, I honestly feel like that was actually almost a plus. The fact that he was even able to get anything with uh seventy odd yards of a pie, you know. Talked about a dog shit pie, like yeah. dog shit cake. Sorry, yeah. um, you know it's that was that was the epitome of a dog shit cake. So I, I just think he's, I think he's going from strength to strength. But uh, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna set it. I'll set it at eight point five. That's pretty close. Man shot. I've gone first on two of these lines. I want to hear what you're doing on this one. Uh, actually, like you guys have kind of talked me into going with the over here. <laughs> I'm actually, I know that's, I know that's crazy. I sound, I'm just like, I sound stupid, and you guys definitely put me in my place when I when I pulled up his box scores and his stats for the last few weeks. I think definitely situations change, and I, I'm, I'm kind of on the side of Doctor here. I think you know. There's something brewing out there in the desert, and I think they've got something. I mean, he was their first tight end to have 100 yards in a game since 1989, so he's different than every other Arizona tight end that's come in my entire lifetime. So, yeah, honestly. In Taylor's lifetime, it turns out, too. Taylor's lifetime. Yeah, it turns out every Taylor Swift's lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Taylor we are Swift obligated stuff. to make a Taylor Swift reference every week, but oh, no. because <laughs> we're an oh, NFL no. show, so she's she's part of it now. Yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate for us. But yeah. anyway, like, yeah, I, that's why I'm taking the over. I, I think there's something different about Trey McBride. I agree with you guys. You guys have talked some sense into me. I reckon. You know what? I, I'm going to take the under, and it's not because I don't believe you, Doctor. I'm, I'm just trying to catch one up on Manjot. <laughs> it's because it's, it's tight end. So that's probably like the easy. This is the one yeah. spot where you could just kind of throw the analysis out and maybe be right. <laughs> so, yeah, tight end is such a I'm aggressively game. trying not to support 49ers in anything with the quarterback saying I'm going under the line. It's uh, That's that's more personal. Um, fuck the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if there's a lot for Trevor this week, I'd no take the no, nah, no cigarettes at all. Not, yeah. I'm a professional motherfucker. <laughs> so, anyhow, let's quickly recap the uh, the good medicine here. We've got Brock Purdy versus Tampa Bay. 34% started, but going up against a 28 defense against quarterbacks. We've got a line of 17 and a half. You'd like to see him do that. Manjot Wood, he's gone the over. I'm not so bullish. I'm taking the under. A running back, we've gone the flip. We had Kareem Hunt 
as the fade last week. Now we're saying start your Jerome Fords. And why not? Pittsburgh, they might be the 21st best running defense. So, you know, they're sort of in that bottom 10 conversation, even though everyone thinks that they're a great defense. But he's still only being started by 53% of owners. So there's probably a chance if you've got him, you can start him. And if you don't have him, you might be able to wrestle him away. Manjot and I have both taken the overs on a 9.5 line. Tyler Boyd has quietly just become this wonderful wide receiver to wherever there's a chance for him to be wide receiver to, he steps up. Um, he's going against the Baltimore Ravens this week, 51% started against the 10th best wide receiving defense, but it's specific to the fact that he just steps up when he gets this role. Manjot and I taking the overs on a 9.5 line from the doctor. And lastly, at tight end Trey McBride versus Houston, they are the second worst against tight ends. That's 31 out of 32, and this guy has been setting a historic pace for a Arizona Cardinals tight end. The line's 8.5. Man, John is going to be his McHusband to McBride at taking the over on 8.5. Not me. Leaving him at the altar. Uh, I'm taking the under. Just trying to sneak one back on Man, John, who currently leads this segment 24 correct tips to 21 against the doctor's Ooh. line. Okay, I think I summarized that well. Now, I'm up for a fade. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Well, I'm going to give you two fades this week, Matty C. Oh, fuck uh, me, I love this. The, go back to the well of a couple because I wanted to take on a couple of different uh, – I've been pretty running back heavy just because I feel like there's, you know, pretty predictive analysis on the running back position. And uh, I feel like being, you know, having a tough matchup of running back seems to matter a lot more. But I wanted to take a look at running back and wide receiver this week. And nice. Basically, I even had a look at some star percentages of the guys I'm picking because obviously I don't want to be picking guys that everyone's just fading anyway. So my first one is was he's coming off a buy, so I had to basically take the starter percentage from the week earlier. He started in 86% of leagues, uh, and uh, the second one has started in 78 uh, from last week. So Ooh. these are guys that most people are starting, uh, so wow. I feel like they definitely fit what I want to be doing here. So... My first fantasy fade at the running back position is Isaiah Pacheco uh, mm. up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they are a whopping first against the running back position. So that probably helps my uh, position on why I'm doing this. And the thing is, I know Pacheco occasionally can take a dump off and, and, and things, but generally, you know, he's, he's predicated on the Chiefs sort of game script. And yeah. it'll be a bit of a shootout, which I don't actually think is going to be great for him. I think of all of a sudden they're passing the ball more, the Chiefs in this game. The Eagles are so much more beatable in their secondary than they are on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're going to know that. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches, if not the best in the league. Uh, I think he's going to know that. And I think they're going to be predicated on the pass in this game. Uh, and even if even if they were in front, I just think the Eagles are going to be able to keep up enough that they're never going to feel comfortable enough to just start running the ball constantly. So Pacheco to me is normally game like you know game script dependent, and I think this week isn't going to be a good one for him. And we just have seen like you know running back after running back struggle against this um, Eagles yeah. front and. I just don't think it's going to be great for Pacheco in this situation. If anything, like I could see it being more of like a Jarek McKinnon game where all of a sudden he gets, you know, one of those games where he has two receptions or two touchdowns. It honestly wouldn't surprise me at all. You got a wide receiver too for us, Doctor. Yeah, so I was sort of crunching some numbers and just looking at some guys that sometimes if I, I've got a league or something, you know, and, and I'm constantly looking at this guy going, I really, really want to bench him. It kind of just fits the whole thing of why I'm doing this. And 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 so I sort of took a deeper look into into why I was sort of avoiding this guy in some of my leagues. And look, I, I'm just a bit worried about Jordan Addison. I, I really love the talent, but my worry is constantly being that there is just so many mouths to feed in this Vikings passing offense even when JJ's not there. And if he's coming back, and look, it's fine when it's Cousins because you know that this offense is a chance of throwing for 300 to 350 yards in a game, whereas I believe that Dobbs is going to constantly be around that 200 to 220, maybe 250 at best sort of passing offense moving forward. And if JJ's back and he's getting 100 yards, that's just leaving almost nothing for 
you know, TJ Hawkinson is just dominating at the moment. They can't yeah. not give him the ball. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, Osborne's back from, I think he was concussed last week, and he's back as well. I just don't think it's leaving enough for, for Addison. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I think he's incredibly talented. But he's up against Denver this specific week, and that used to seem like it was a good opportunity, but it really isn't. Like, they are still last against running backs, and that's only because of that ridiculous game they had against Miami earlier in the year. It's just completely skewed the numbers for the whole year. They've been amazing on defense for the last three or four weeks, and you just saw them just, like, they've literally fired their OC at at the Bills because of, like, how well they played defensively, and they've been doing it for weeks and weeks now. They are ninth against wide receiver, so the numbers even say that this is is a game you want to avoid. It's in Denver, which I just think is going to make it even worse. Yeah, I think no this defense is going to really, really put the clamps down on Minnesota this week. And I, look, I just don't think there's going to be a lot left for Addison. Um, so, yeah, the defense is kind of no joke. And it's just funny to think it's the same defense that man, and man just said this when we were playing yesterday, too. Like, they got up 70 points two months ago. 70 in one day. Like, it's just amazing to think it's the same, the same damn and defense. These weren't were some ass offenses. There was the. Chiefs and the Bills as well, by the way. I just wanted to put that out there as to yeah. how good they've been in the last two weeks. So, yeah, totally totally can see it. And honestly, because Hawkins is in my shotgun team, <laughs> I have a bit of a soft spot for Addison failing. So, hopefully, hopefully we get to see more uh, Hawkinson and not Addison this week. You're smacking some asses, son, with all the sons over there. Yeah. Mate, so... Look, I, I completely get the whole be nervous about Addison thing. And I think, you know, the, the place you want to hang on to Addison is, is definitely in your dynasties. But I can understand if you thought you could get him out now and get something back and try and trade off his good name for the last month. Uh, good good time to do that. So we've got Isaiah Pacheco, 86% started before he went on the buy versus the number one running back defense in the Philadelphia Eagles. And then was well, 78% started last week, Jordan Addison, now going against a pretty serious defense in the Denver Broncos in Denver with the return of only the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts, but also with the number one tight end in all of fantasy. Hockey's number one at tight end. It, it feels weird to live in a world where someone not named Travis Kelsey is number one at tight end. That's true. Absolutely dominant. And he just gets so many targets. So, like I said, it just doesn't leave much for Addison. That's such a weird world. So that's our fade for the week. Doctor, thank you so much for imparting so much wisdom. And uh, I'll put my pants back on now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, Matty C. Uh, thanks for having us. And, uh, you know, let's hope Taylor's uh, feeling a bit better instead of looking rhinos. hope so. That guy loves a good rhino. I mean, he licks all kinds of things up. Like, <laughs> I think it's something to do with the water where he lives. Just, no, no, messes his brain up or something. Uh, but, but thank you. And, uh, man, John, good luck this week, mate. I need to catch some points up on yourself. Taking two opposite you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they pay off. I can chase you down a bit. Yeah, it's going to be a good week once again. I mean, this one's a great competition. I've been enjoying it. You've been teaching me a lesson a bit in this one. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be back tomorrow for Starts of the Week, and we'll dive into the mailbag again. There's been some stir up in Starts of the Week, so come back. Make sure you don't miss that one. We'll have Taylor back. Uh, but thank you again, Doctor. Thank you, Manjot. And we'll see you all guys, you guys you. all pretty soon. Hooroo! Hooroo! This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. Just, just, just shed a Maddie. Yeah, that's just that's a pretty standard unit of measurement, isn't it? Just shed Maddies all over the place. Christian McCaffrey might just be Austin Eckler light this year. It'd take a bit of a tough start, or obviously an injury, for them to go to Banana Rama. Aussie. Yeah, we're gonna have to do the double cutaway. First one to Desmond Ritter, being like "fuck you, Taylor," and then the second one being <laughs> to Bijan, being like "that Maddie C's disrespecting me, motherfucker." NFL. I don't want to call myself Michael Jordan, but you know. I'll well, I'll, I'll do it when I have a chance. I think I'm going through go. a bit of a flu game right now. I, I think the fans are loving it. Fantasy. <laughs> well, how much did you get in the flu game? A million. Oh, get a million. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. And then we know the offense is going to lick nuts with just no quarterback play. So 